Welcome to the Business Abundance Podcast, providing the tools and knowledge to help small business owners succeed. For additional resources, visit www.businessabundance.online. Hello and welcome back to the Business Abundance Podcast. I am Zahara and I'm back with Rowan and Ian. Hi. Today we are going to be chatting about the five common issues uh, if you're a business owner um, or you feel like you've lost a bit of your spark when it comes to running your business. We're just going to run through five issues that you can check yourself or within your business uh, just to make sure that you're back on or get yourself back on track. So we're going to be starting off the first one being cash flow. Um, now, cash flow in its definition is the the movement of money in, money out. Uh, if you're in a negative cash flow, you've got higher spending. If you're positive, then you've got more money coming in than you're spending. So it's as simple as that. But uh, sometimes we've found people don't pay too much attention and end up in a bit of a situation where they can't quite pay their obligations. It's probably the number one problem mm. when people say, gee, I've got problems. Mm. It comes back to cash flow because everything else is fine as long as people have money. But when there's no money, mm. got to do something. When do they often realise that? When the money runs out. <laughs> too yeah, late but normally. Is it like <laughs> when they're trying to pay their employees or yeah, when it gets prob- tax time? Tax times are... Not, probably not as bad as doing the employees because the tax office, if you sort of don't pay them, it's probably a month or two before they realise mm. uh, and then you've got some options from there. But um, definitely week to week, the worst cases would be when people go, gee, I can't pay wages this week, but everyone's already worked for a week and what do I do? Mm-hmm. That's uh, probably worst case scenario. Yeah. So uh, if you're planning to avoid that, uh, do you want to set out your obligations for example, like super payments, tax payments, uh, payroll. Yeah. So, I, let's go back. I guess cash flow 101. Sounds like a budget. Yep. So, um, like anything in life, if you have a plan, you're probably a little bit more likely to succeed. So, just having an understanding of what where your money comes from, um, what your sales are going to be or what they need to be, and then um, what your expenses are, your wages rent and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, going out. Um, and then, like you mentioned, obligations is probably the one most people get caught up on. Um, there's GST um, where we are, and that's a tax by the government that you collect on behalf of the government and then you pass on. So it's not your money. It never was. Um, it was. Um, but it goes into our bank accounts and it looks like money we can spend. And then every few months we've meant to pass it on, so it's easy to get caught out there. Uh, depending how many sales you have. Should you make a little bank account to put that all into if yeah. you're a business owner? Definitely. It's much easier that way because um, if you've got enough money to do that, um, mm. you know what your spending money is and you know what your tax money is and you, you don't worry about the, the big bills that suddenly come through. Um, but yeah, with the GST, there's the tax on employees' wages. So you've got to put that aside too because it's you're not paying it straight to them. You're paying it to the government on their behalf. So it's not a tax on you or your business, but... It looks like your money. So, mm. again, that tends to be a big one that catches people out and superannuation um, income tax often comes a year or two after you actually make the money and then sometimes you prepay it, prepay it as well. So, yeah, just knowing what that is, having a budget, mm. having separate bank accounts and putting money aside so you don't get caught out is, is a huge factor to, to avoid the trap. Yeah, and then as you move on, you want to put your actual spend next to it, like as you move throughout the year. Yep. 
so that you can understand and re-budget for next year. Correct. Yeah, and change anything too. Like if you, rather than running out of money and realizing things are wrong, you can see month to month. Oh, that's probably a bit high. That's probably a bit high. That's probably a bit high. Um, I'll change it, and then I won't run out. Rather mm. than running out and going back and looking and going, oh, geez, I should have done that twelve months ago. Yeah, it's not too hard to make a budget either, is it? You can just download templates from the website. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got templates on our website, but um, even ANZ, like you just roll in there. They've got heaps of tools, and most banks just have basic things you can plug your numbers in. Um, and then it's very varying levels of complexity um, of what you can do from there. Yep. Oh, that's pretty good. And um, want to have a bit of a chat about payment terms for those businesses that, you know, you can – you can move your cash flow about so that it, it works in your benefit. Do you want to talk about that, Rowan? Yeah. So I think the the biggest misunderstanding with cash flow um, is that people judge their success off their bank balance. Um, so we're making money. There's money in the account. We're losing money. There's not money in the account. So it's very possible to be losing money and having more money in your bank account and it's very possible to be making money and have less money in your bank account. Mm -hmm. So um, number one problem of cash flow is not making enough profit. So if you make enough profit, that's good. But then if you've got payment terms and you don't understand money in to money out time, then you could still have troubles. But most people, it's just not making enough money. So give an example, maybe like a builder, they get a new client, they charge a deposit, and the customer pays the deposit pretty quick. So how much is the deposit going to be on a house? 20%. 20%. Cool. Okay. Let's roll with that as an example. Um, so let's say we've got someone building a $500,000 house. It's going to be $100,000. The builder gets paid that straight away. They've got $100,000 in their bank balance. They haven't done anything. So really they haven't made profit from that, but now they've got $100,000. And they have got $100,000 of sales. So then they probably start working. They have a little bit of wages, but probably nothing too serious. They pay for the concrete. They pay for an excavator, get the base stage done. So there's a slab, and then they send out an invoice for the base stage, um, and that's probably another $100,000. So then they get paid straight away. They've got $200,000. They've paid about a bit of wage. They've got bills for their concrete. They've got bills for their excavator, but they haven't paid those yet. So they don't pay those for another 30 days if they're on time, and then if they're late, then it's probably 60 or 90 days they pay before any supplies going, I'm not going to work for you anymore. And then they could probably just choose a different supply anyway because they'd want to mm. deal with them, right? So let's say the following month they do the frame. So they get all the materials, goes on the account, um, finish the frame, so they've had their wage costs. They probably should be paying for the concrete now maybe if they're on time but they can build out the frame stage get paid straight away so they've got three hundred thousand dollars and maybe they're paying out 50 grand now and the bit of wages so 75 so now they've got two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars of other people's money they've got a fair bit of work to do still lots of bills to pay lots of money in the bank account though so it looks pretty good doesn't it mm. yeah so you're saying they've paid two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars before they've actually received any money from the customers no, no, other way around. So, uh, yeah, they're billing the customers and they're paying them straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you. they've got $220,000. Oh, they've got 300000 but then they paid eighty because they paid the bills on time. Yeah. And they've got a lot more bills to pay. They've got them. They know they're coming. Mm -hmm. But in their bank, it shows that they've got $225,000, gotcha. yeah? Yeah. So if you're managing your business by your bank, you're like, oh, I'm going great. 
this is awesome. Um, I can buy this, I can buy that. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, but in reality, you've got all these other bills you've got to pay coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. And maybe the margin for that house is only $50,000. So you're actually expecting to get $50,000 from it, but you've got 200K in your account. So highly possible just based on that. You could be going forwards or backwards. You wouldn't know, but your bank balance is going up. Yeah. And then vice versa, you could be the type of business that goes, yeah, we'll start that job for you. And then you go and buy, you go buy the equipment, you go buy the materials, you pay for it cash, you know, because maybe you're a bit small, maybe you don't have terms. Mm. You spend $20,000, you go out there for a week, do the job, and then you send them a bill and maybe your client doesn't pay you for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cash flow negative. Yeah. You've spent twenty thousand dollars to maybe make twenty five thousand, so you've got to wait a month to get your five grand. Yeah. So in that case, it's always looking like you've got no money. You could still be making a profit. It's just you're getting paid late. Yeah. So. Yeah, understand. Yeah, and if you you have all that money that's in your bank account, let's just say that you are getting paid, it's so easy to spend it on. Be like, oh, I'm going to spend more on marketing this month, or I'm going to buy a new piece of equipment, or yeah, anything, and then yeah, all of a sudden you're broke. Yeah. So it's really important to understand like what sort of business you've got and you can change whether you're a cash flow positive or negative. So you can say, hey, we'd like you to prepay mm-hmm. and we'll give you better terms and then we'll do this and maybe you'll get longer accounts with our clients. Um, but yeah, if you are a business and you go, gee, I'm a cash flow positive business but I have no money, you should be trying to get some help because that means you're a long way behind. Um, yeah. So just using a builder again. If you're building 10 houses a year, so that's $5 million per year, you're two months cash flow positive. Um, from the example, you had 200000 out of 300000 after a couple of months. So that's how much in? 200 out of 300. Yeah. Keeping, so 200000 that's one house. We're doing Five 10 out, houses. 10 houses. So. Yep. Yeah. So probably two a month. So we've probably got $400,000 cash at any mm. time ahead of what we should, do, should have. Um, so if you're one of those builders and you don't have any money, then you're probably $400,000 behind already. You just don't know it. Mm. Um, Dangerous. I was talking to a friend today, actually, and he's like, oh, a builder asked me for the next progress payment in advance. I'm, I'm like, oh, be pretty careful there. And I just explained to him how it works. He's like, wow, I had no idea. I said, mate, tell your friend to get some help because mm. I don't think he knows how far behind he is. And he said, oh, he's only been in it for one year as well. And um, that's even worse because he hasn't even paid any tax yet. So yeah, okay. he'll have a tax bill coming next year and then it, that will be doubled, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, then you're chasing your tail, trying to catch up. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, there's there's other ways to do things, but just have a think. You can play within the budget. If you've got a good budget, and that's where we talked about before, there's different levels of budgets. Mm-hmm. You can actually play with your payment terms and see, okay, well, how can we turn that into good and how can we turn it into bad? And you can see ahead. Yeah, um, to make sure that you've got enough working capital. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, working capital. Very important. It is. They all seem infinitely trackable as well. So to avoid getting in trouble, you, you can follow trends, you can forecast yeah, incomings versus outgoings. And when you're talking about employee costs, it's generally a fixed cost. Yeah. Uh, GST is GST. Uh, you don't it, pay it if you don't receive it. That's right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, when you receive the money, you put it aside anyway. So that shouldn't get you in a lot of trouble yeah. if you're if you're managing your money efficiently Mm. Uh, so all those fixed costs you can then forecast and then if you are a builder for instance you're going to know that there are certain times of the year where you do slow down a little bit over Christmas you're probably not going to get a lot of payments incomings in everything shuts down Mm. Uh, so be prepared yeah the old uh, the old scouts thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about the um, the business owners that kind of do the whole just invoice via word um, <laughs> and, and just do it old school because that's all they've known and they don't have the tools like any yeah, like, sort of accounting software yeah, yeah. Um, to keep them going. And I think this is probably a decent, not sponsored, but a decent time to mention that there are good softwares out there to make that easier. Yeah. You've got MYB, QuickBooks, um, whatever that's called now, Zero, Zero. we uh, prefer. It's nice and easy. But, um, yeah, you've got to know your numbers. Yeah, um, much so, easier than doing it in an Excel spreadsheet and yeah, having 100%. to update it every single day. Like that I can see being difficult and someone yeah. going, oh, it's too hard. But if you do actually have the tools, it's really easy yep. and, and pays getting off. Better. They're getting better every every minute of every day. Those mm. tools are getting easier and easier for someone who's been sitting with an invoice book writing down their invoices and then mm. every three months they're sitting down with their calculator or their abacus. Yeah. It's so much hours. easier. Yeah. It's not just little businesses though. There's the people with 40, 50 plus employees yep. and their they're admin mm-hmm. people are plugging numbers into an accounting system and no one's actually looking at the report to see if it makes any sense um, yeah. or using it for anything useful. Yeah. Um, so I think knowing the numbers is a key point there as far as whatever you're doing, just understand what your numbers are um, and that's just helping you identify what your working capital is. So Make sure they're correct as well. Yep. If those numbers going into your bookkeeping reports don't match up what's actually happening, there's a world of pain. Yep. Um, but so you just mentioned working capital before, probably should translate that for people. Um, so it's not just when we talk cash flow, we're not talking just about cash that you've got, mm. um, but working capital is is the term we like to look at. Um, so working capital is a combination of money you do have plus any money you're about to receive. So you'd like people that owe you money, for example, less money you've got to pay out in the short term. So your super, your taxes, your creditor bills, et cetera, uh, credit cards. That's a, that's a good one, actually. How do you insulate yourself against, say, a builder, for instance, uh, and you've won a couple of projects and you've got a whole heap of people that owe you a little bit of money and then those, let's say they're a, a larger business that's they've contracted you to do a few different jobs around the place and then that larger business goes out of business. How do you insulate yourself? <laughs> you need more working capital. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so the way to bump that up is having more cash available. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to num- knowing your numbers. Yep. Um, but like I said before, we're – if your bank balance is going backwards, you can still be making money. Your working capital could be going up because mm. you've done the work, you've made the money, people just haven't paid you yet. Mm. So you could have more working capital available but have no money. So often people have come and it's like, oh, I've got no money, the world's over, and we can look at it and we go, actually, we've got these people on these terms. If we shorten those terms, mm. you're going to have $200,000 more in your bank account every month and it fixes all your problems because you're not actually easy. going bad, whereas – a lot of the owners would be looking at it going, oh, doom and gloom, I need to sack staff, I need to cut expenses mm-hmm. and all this stuff that might wreck their business yeah. just because their payment turns are wrong, as, as one example. So um, really important to just be able to use that number um, to go, is my working capital going down? I've got a profitability issue. Is it going up? I'm making money. Have I got a cash flow issue? Where's my money? It seems like a very simple thing to be able to visualise if you've got the right tools in place. Yeah. Very easy with the right reporting. Yep. Um, so pretty much not much of an excuse. And if you don't have it, just get your accountant to be put in together for you because it's highly valuable. And yep. it's probably one of the main reasons business owners is 
stay up at night and worry. They're just like, oh, gee, I've got, I know I owe this money. What do I do? Hmm. Um, but once you actually know that number, you can go, oh, gee, I'm actually all right. Or I just need to do this, this, and this, and the money comes back in. And break it down into simple tasks. Yep, correct. So uh, it's pretty much cash flow 101. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. Oh, actually, just what? simple. <laughs> <laughs> to elaborate on how do you insulate yourself about yep. people going bust. Um, good credit terms, uh, director's guarantees. Um, mm-hmm. You do PPSR, which is putting little marks against companies to say, hey, they owe us money and before you sell equipment, yep. um, which makes you a secured creditor rather than an unsecured creditor. It doesn't cost much. Um, but fundamentally, um, if you've got a business that has a cash flow requirement or working capital requirement because you're negative, uh, negative cash flow or you're just growing, because you can just grow and then you just have more sales, more debtors and more money outstanding. It doesn't matter that you're making money. You just need more money to run your business. Um, you're not losing it. It just goes in and out. So you need a bigger pool. Um, sometimes you just need to introduce more cash. Mm-hmm. And it's knowing that you're not – you haven't gone backwards, so you're throwing money in a pit. Um, it's knowing that you are going forwards. It is profitable. I can introduce more cash to keep doing that, and I'm getting a return on that money. Methods of introducing more cash? Um, Investors? Investors are one. Um, yeah. Bank loans. Yep. Um, uh, there's another ones. You can um, put your own money in. We can't really tell you what to do. Get advice always. But <laughs> yeah. um, the key is, if you're making money and you need more money to make more money, um, then find the it, money. Is it worth it? Yeah. If it's costing you ten percent, but you're making thirty, like chuck it in. Yep. Um, it's no different to buying a car or a machine to do something for you. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if you're if you're going backwards and throwing money in, you need to be pretty careful about you're actually changing or doing something else at the same time. Be intentional about it. Yep. Nope, that sounds pretty good. Um, so I guess the second one being finding and retaining customers. Now, we can start this by knowing your product and service. Uh, if you're a brand new business, it's the other way around and know your target market before you introduce your product and service, but uh, if we're an existing business, know your product and service and then figure out who your target market is um, and then go meet them where they are. Uh, You need to know that your service or product is actually filling a gap, um, so you don't want just something that you assume people will need even though it does absolutely nothing for that person. You're not going to have anyone purchase that. It doesn't matter, like, products and services go out of date all the time. They become irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got to be able to adapt. The best product and service is the one that people are already asking you for. Yes. Yeah. And so you need to be able to adapt. Even though you might love this product and service, you've you've got to change. Otherwise, you and your business will. (laughs) With the product. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely fall in love. That's that's awesome. But don't fall in love with your product. Don't marry to. Yeah. Don't get married to your ideals. Yeah. Because ideals are dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then be able to communicate that with the people who will appreciate your product and service most. Um, now, in order to do that, you can. Well, you need to build and maintain that relationship, and that comes from communication. So. Um, in, in doing that, that means that if your customers aren't on Instagram, don't be posting and wasting your time on Instagram. Uh, if they're not on Facebook, same goes. If they aren't even online, then that means that you need to go and be on their doorstep. You 
you can't assume that they're going to be in a place that they're not often. So uh, an example, if you're targeting the older demographic, I highly doubt they're going to be on TikTok, for example. Um, <laughs> just because everyone's on TikTok doesn't mean you need to do it. They'll definitely be on Facebook, though. <laughs> but the younger generations won't be on Facebook. I think that's really important, see, is um, a lot of people have this idea of I've got this product, I love it, mm. there must be more people. There's there's 7, 8 billion people on the planet, mm. so someone's going to love my product. Yeah, and two of them might be on TikTok, so I've got to yeah, be on exactly. TikTok. It's, yep. It doesn't make sense to be where your customers aren't, and the only way you're going to work that out is, is understand who your customer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not be your ideal customer yep. as a business owner. And we, we talk about this a lot when we talk about businesses and, and marketing is just because you think it's a great idea, you need X amount of people at this price point mm-hmm. to also think it's a great idea. So crunch the numbers. Yep. Yep. Learn mm. about them. Budget. Mm. Bunch of again, it, or talk to them. Literally, just talk to the have people. conversations. Like yeah. there used to be old old school focus groups where you'd get fifty mm. odd people in a room, and I mean that's a bit of a, a shotgun approach. You don't need to do that anymore because all the demographic information is at the at your fingertips. Mm. Still could do it though. Yeah, I'd definitely do it mm. if if that's something that you. Depending on your business, I mean, there there are certain businesses that you might not want to um, be in the same room with your customers. Uh, that you want to keep it arms arms length away. Uh, but other issues there. Yep. But yeah, it's it's a fun exercise as well. I mean, we we talked about your spark at the at the start of this. You know, like these these five things that we're talking about could help you lose. Could be a catalyst in you losing your spark for your business and forgetting why you started your business. If you can pick your A list customers, sit down with them in a room. And just have a conversation and make sure it is a conversation. It's not you just talking uh, and listen mm. and, and you'll you'll fall in love with your business again. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot to people about um, higher purpose. You know, mm. There was a vision, mission and all that sort of stuff and, and I struggle to tell the difference between the two so I don't know how other people do. But, um, <laughs> just call it know, higher mission and run with it. <laughs> or higher purpose. It's just like, you know, what does your business oh, do? Oh, higher purpose. Yeah, yeah. and it's – oh, we do this, we sell this widget or whatever, and it's going, well, for us, it's, you know, we help business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that accounting? Is that marketing? Is that IT? I don't know. It could be any of those, mm-hmm. but we're helping. So in 50 years' time, there's probably still going to be businesses and we can probably still help. I don't know what that will look like, but everyone in the organisation can still go, we help businesses. Yep. How do we do that? So as long as we're talking to people and we're keeping up to tabs and, and not being afraid to change, like that business can go on for quite a long time. Whereas yep. when we have the vision to be the best widget supplier in Australia, mm-hmm. that's our higher purpose or our vision. Like that's very limited to when the customer doesn't want it anymore. Or, yeah, know um, that your business might have an expiry date in that case. Correct. You can still have that as a higher purpose, but yeah. be ready to well, prepare yourself for your business to end. Yeah, so when, when we're talking about knowing our customers, it's knowing who our customer is and what mm. we're happy to do and what we deliver, um, which goes into the second point, the the knowing the products and services you have and how they relate back to your customers, uh, being able to articulate that clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone in your business knowing that too. Mm. But there's no point being able to, you know, selling Ferraris and and then going to a whole bunch of people that should be buying a Kia saying, check out how cool our Ferraris are, <laughs> you know, they're the fastest things and blah, 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 like the they don't care. Yeah. That's a great point, actually, on knowing your target market is Ferrari don't advertise on television. Yeah. People who buy Ferraris ain't wasting time watching television. Yeah. I yeah. don't watch 
television. Yeah. So you're <laughs> perfect Ferrari customer right there, Z. Well, <laughs> you know, Rolls Royce is a really interesting example yeah. there because um, I don't think anyone would have seen a Rolls Royce ad listening. Um, probably some people may have. It wouldn't have been an ad, but they advertise by taking their cars to like Boeing shows. Mm. So they're looking. For, they're going to a show about aircraft because people that can afford aircraft would like a Rolls Royce. Yeah, and a Rolls Royce uh, engine was in a Spitfire. <laughs> there you go. Mm. So um, you know they know what their market is and, and where they're going to be. Um, and that's one of our points: is okay. Once you know your market, once you know your product, um, who customers are, then where do we find them? Mm. And we put that message there. So we talk social media before. That's an example. Flyer, etc. Um, but it's just using some common sense. Just activity for activity's sake doesn't make a difference. It's what's going to be the best thing at that, an appropriate uh, cost. That purpose conversation is one of my favourites. And if you've got a spare twenty minutes up your sleeve, go and go and look at the Simon Sinek. Start with why TED Talk. Uh, it's it, such yeah. a good one. It yeah. very much just flips the script a little bit because we all know what we do. We don't know why we do it. Uh, I'm not going to paraphrase him here, but take the, take the time, have a look. He says yeah. it better than me. He created it. Yeah. We'll put a link in our post yep. for the, for the um, podcast. Um, but probably my last point there is that once you've, once you've figured out all the bits and pieces, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty too. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that have been in business a long time and suddenly I've just got no customers. It's like, well, what do you do? Oh, we don't do anything. We put this radio ad up, we do this, and it's all consistent, but they've never taken the time to go out and door knock. And they're like, oh, there's this new guy getting all the work. And it's like, what are they doing? They're door knocking. Mm. Um, <laughs> activity. Yeah, old, you know, activity beats, you know, sitting there planning. Um, so don't be afraid. If it's the most simple thing you could possibly think of that's going to be effective, then that's what you do. And don't wait till it's perfect. Yep. Before you put it out there. Like, I've seen it yeah. many, many times. People. Plan, 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 plan. Oh, it's not quite right yet. We better not release it. Well, meanwhile, old mate over there has decided to release it and he's a bit clumsy and he's not very good at it, but geez, he's loud. Yeah. He's now selling it all. Yeah, that's a good point actually because with the whole um, communicating with customers, there's there's the building of trust. That's the whole reason you're communicating Hmm. with your customers and I think even that clumsy communication shows that it's more personal approach like people like dealing with people and, and it can be authentic yeah and yep. so it's almost more charming if you stumble your way through it yep yeah we all know people have weaknesses and stuff so mm. it's like if you think your favorite cafe sometimes they muck up your coffee sometimes they muck up food you still go back yeah mm. you're still a bit um, fond like oh it's okay yeah. i'll see so you tomorrow <laughs> it's just being accountable and taking ownership you yeah know, so. people still eat mcdonald's and nine times out of ten that food is wrong first and foremost <laughs> they forget something and we all know it's garbage yeah Unless you ask for a double cheeseburger because they're going to make it. That's oh, going to be good. Yeah, yeah nice. Mm-hmm. Um, life, hacks. life hacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think the number one source of uh, business for every business, whether it's new or old, is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you've got those sort of points that we just mentioned rolling. That trust and yeah, rapport. Look after yep. your clients. Talk to your clients and do whatever it takes to, to encourage that word of mouth. Um, yeah, stay in we, contact. Yeah. Um, and people are like, oh, number, word of mouth is my number one source of work. Like, oh, what's your referral system? Oh, we get referrals all the time. What's your system for it? Hmm. Oh, we don't, we have, don't one. have one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you think if you had one, you get more referrals? Like, and it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. So don't be afraid. Hey, do you know someone else can benefit from that as a, mm. as a minimum? Um, because you're helping these people. So it's not even a salesy thing. Um, it's a good way to get feedback as well. Because yep. if, if 
they're not willing to refer you, you might be missing something. You might have you might have stuffed up the process somewhere. Um, yeah. If they're not raving fans, big advocates for your your business, what do you need to improve? Yeah. Uh, why aren't people referring you? Yeah. Um, so they're probably the biggest things about getting overcomplicating, but I think they're things that anyone can do. Regardless yeah, of whether yeah. you're new in business or you've been there for thirty years, yeah. if you've got fifty employees or none, um, you don't need pretty to be basic. Fancy or highly trained in sales, you've just got to talk to who you want yep. to sell to. Stop yep. making excuses. Yep. Uh, at the end of the day, in today's day and age, if you have an internet connection, uh, you can find where your clients are. Mm. Uh, there's not too many unique products out there. Like there's no groundbreaking innovations. Every single day, <laughs> but the, yeah, yeah, but they're coming. But yeah, it, it's For a once businesses. There's an industry. Yeah, yeah, it's a once in a generation thing where you have a, a paradigm shifting product that'll come out yeah. into a marketplace. So, be aware that there's probably someone out there who is doing exactly what you're doing. Even tap into that and reverse engineer what they've done. Yeah. Uh, if it's a, a foreign market that's released a product that's very similar to yours, have a look at what they've done and how they've done it. There's a fair chance if they're ten years into their journey. They've made enough money to spend a lot of money on their marketing and advertising. Stand on the shoulders of greatness mm. and, and learn what they did and then adapt that to your market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other part was just excuses. I think it's important. Just, oh, we tried that 10 years ago. It didn't work. <laughs> we tried that a year ago. It didn't work. Just just be be honest with yourself. Like, yeah, it didn't work, but it still makes sense. So let's adapt it. Mm-hmm. Did you try it or did you try it? Yeah. Um, and I think um, anyone that's done any marketing stuff with me before, like the first one of the first questions I ask is like, oh, what have you done before that worked? Mm. And it's usually like still on the list of what we do for them because they just stopped doing it when they got clients. Um, so don't be afraid to say, oh, when we were getting clients, what did we do well? Oh, it's probably the same stuff. So, yeah, don't make excuses like it didn't work. Just adapt and think and be be honest. Yeah. Oh, there'd be a link to a change podcast there, I reckon. <laughs> sure is. We can chuck that in there. Shameless. Um, speaking of being honest, the third one being time management. So being honest about yourself, about your priorities. That's a great segue. Isn't it? We need a sound effect for that. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, yeah, I need better time management. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Was so, there a priorities word you used there, was it? Yeah, yep. prioritise and set boundaries. Hmm. So um, there's 24 hours in the day and you can use those 24 hours uh, for work or you could set it up so that you've got time for family. It really depends on what you prioritise. Gym, exercise, health, fitness, whatever it is. There's one that used to drive me nuts when I was younger and now I've found myself using it is you've got 168 hours in your week. I think that's right. And Bill Gates also has 168 hours in his week. He's a multi-billionaire and he's only got the same amount of time as you. So why don't you get out there and grasp it? (laughs) That's uh, it's, it's contentious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but it's it's also true. It's it's a case of what what are you doing to help your business succeed? Uh, are you answering the phone twenty times a day to sales reps because they have your personal number? Mm. Uh, that's not helping you. Uh, and are you managing stuff that you don't need to be managing? in your business, is that sucking a whole heap of time out of you when you have a general manager in place or you have a sales manager or you have a marketing manager? But they're not doing their job. Let them. Yeah, they're not doing their job because you took half their job from them. Yeah, let them do it. I mean, I'm sure we're talking about staffing. 
after, but yeah, if you're not going to let them do your job, why have you got them? Yeah, um, I guess it comes. But we'll start with the the business manager first, so the person owning the business. Um, when it comes to looking at your prioritization. Are you doing the things that are going to grow the business? Are you doing things that someone else you've employed someone else to do that? Uh, are you doing things that don't actually matter? Uh, you've just got to set yourself your your priorities, and and we've got the the fill the jar imagery. Oh yeah! Where, oh, we love this one. <laughs> <laughs> we have you have a jar, and you you fill it with these. Is big, it apricot jam? Is it apricot oh, apricot jar? That apricot jam in ages. Okay, mm. well you fill it with the not jam. Can we have a competition on who can send us the best apricot? No. <laughs> <laughs> You've got three big apricots that you can fit into this jar and those are the three most important tasks. So that might be family, that might be oh, – I feel like you're going to say something. No, I'm just impressed. <laughs> He's got that look in his eyes, doesn't he? He's yeah, like, I've got to like derail this. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just like, I've never heard this with apricots in the jar before, but yeah, I like so it. You started the apricots. Excited, yeah. yeah, so you've squished three apricots in there and that's family, that's um, the systems and processes that you're going to complete for your business and it's also your health and fitness, for example. Those are the three priorities of your life. Um, you fit them in there. Then you can fit the the small little rocks around that to fill in the gaps, but also not a priority. So you don't do them first, you do them second, third, whenever you've completed the, the th- first three apricots are in there and then around it is the less important things and that's the sand that goes in through the rocks. So yeah. there's time for everything, but it just depends on what you do first yeah. um, and how you set your priorities. So if you poured the sand in first, you probably wouldn't have room for the apricots. You wouldn't. That's Whoa. correct. This, so this analogy just keeps getting so better. Wise. <laughs> <laughs> wise beyond your years. I think a key point in there as well is too, like at all stages that jar's full. Like yeah. Now you know yeah. we can jam all stuff in there, but so you see we've put three apricots in there and no, no yeah. room for You're more full. and everyone's like, oh, it's full. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, like, spot on what Ian said. Put sand in first. There ain't room for anything else. And that wasn't mm. it, That wasn't important either. Yeah. Where's yeah. the coffee go though? anyway so just set yourself your priorities um you've got to do a bit of self-reflection in in that you no one can tell you what your priorities are that's the hardest sort of reflection though it is humbling critically thinking about your own processes and the way that you do things we all know what we need to be doing yeah and i think it's a main role of consulting is just asking people and say hey, what do you actually need to be doing and most people know it's just they're not doing it for whatever reason yeah mm. they they feel that grind that yeah. they're like oh something's not right and it's yeah. like well you know why yeah um so we talked about letting getting out of the way of the, the managers and things or letting employees do what they do so mm-hmm. you know we we, we choose what's going to make our life better in the future and we do those first each day or we schedule time to do that and then we do bits and pieces around it um, yep. so just being intentional with our day um, but then I guess when you've got more resources you've got more people working for you mm-hmm. um, then often we end up or people end up doing jobs for other people um, or oh they can't do it they keep mucking it up the role is how can we fix that so systems and procedures how can we make that better um, I'm a big fan of policies policies because yep. I've worked in a lot of big businesses over the past where the managers get asked dumb questions by employees that are in the policy. And instead of just going, it's in the policy, the manager then goes, okay, let me show you. Where there's five minutes of the manager's day at X amount of dollars per hour, how many times a week are they doing that before that's now $1,000 a day? Yeah. 
uh, whereas the policy is right there, revert back to the policy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of reflecting on why people take over their employees' roles. Like a business owner, why would they take over the role and whether that be a lack of trust in, you know, they've screwed up this many times so I'm going to do it for them. Well, I think that's still on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be lack of trust, could be lack of money, it could be yeah. a lot of things. Um, poor managers create poor employees is the bottom line. It reflects back on the person running the show. Mm. Mm. And so you've got, in order to be able to trust those employees or let the employees do the job, you've got to set up the systems and processes where you can set it how you want it to run. And the training. It's Yeah, and the training and then get them to follow that. And then that should run how you want it to run. Part of that self-reflection as well is like you might be great at building a fuzzy widget, hmm. a fuzzy widget that's going to revolutionise the world and you love your product and you've created this business around this incredible product and you've found a market for it and now the business has grown and now you've got more people in your business building fuzzy widgets. You've taught them how to do it perfectly. Excellent, great, fantastic. Now you're a manager of a business. You're really good at building fuzzy widgets. You have no idea about management. Skill up. Because if you're having problems in your workforce, at the end of the day, that's a management issue. Uh, you haven't trained them correctly. You haven't given them enough guidance over the over the journey. So you could have also employed the wrong person. You can, and that's a management thing as well. Yeah. You have to understand how to employ the right people for the right positions. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I've had conversations with very successful people who have admitted that the catalyst for them succeeding beyond their wildest dreams was looking in the mirror and going, oh, actually, I'm not very good at this. How do I get better? Or how do I employ someone who is really good at that? Who can help me? And then get out of the way. Yep. And that's it. Spot on, get out of the way. That's probably number one issue. You get snowed under as you you keep getting in everyone's way so Mm. they never do their job or Mm. they get sick of you getting in the way so they just let you do it. And employ someone who's good at their job and, yeah, Yeah. let them do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, talked about policies before, but um, systems and processes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, everyone goes, I've had systems and processes before, but people don't follow them, you know, and that's true. But there's for every example of when someone hasn't followed a system and procedure, and that's why you can't do it in your business, whether it's two people or 50, there's 10 examples of companies with a thousand people that have really basic systems and processes, like a little a little binder with, hmm. you know, pages printed out, spelling mistakes, a few mm-hmm. screenshots that people follow, charge hundreds of dollars for a 30-minute session and they've been there a week. Yep. Um, and that business has clients, succeeds, grows, can it's operate. Profitable. You know, we don't even know who the business is, but it's got an office down in our town and there's an office in another town and all that sort of stuff. So it's just making sure that, okay, we've got them in place. We're letting people do their job by getting out of their way and your job as the manager is to make sure that they are correct. And when there are problems, how can we fix that? Mm -hmm. And if you can't get by with systems and procedures, you've got to say small and you've got a job and just call it that, not a business. There's an old cliche that is success leaves clues and systematization of a business. Uh, you, You... you look at McDonald's again, uh, all those great big franchises, those multinational franchises can train a chimpanzee to be an entry-level entry level employee of their workforce mm, yeah. because they have 50 years of systemizing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, there's a, there's a great clip, uh, a movie with Michael Keaton, the founder of 
uh, that Ray Kroc, who kind of stole the idea of McDonald's from the Kroc brothers, uh, the McDonald's brothers, and it's them going through the workflow of their kitchen and just drawing it out in a parking lot with chalk on the ground. Brilliant clip if you can find it, find the link, and uh, it just shows you the birthplace of McDonald's uh, of fast food. Mm. Uh, that is now a trillion dollar business. Cool doggo. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, it just blows your mind, and and that's success. And I'm not saying you have to be McDonald's. I mean, your your definition of success could be entirely different yeah. to Ray Kroc's yeah. uh, definition of success. But if if you're in a business, you had a purpose, which we talked about previously. Uh, I'm sure your purpose was to help people find your product or service and the reason you pick that product and service is because you thought it was going to be valuable to them so find again i'm repeating myself but find 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 the successful people that have done what you want to do and and emulate what they've done yeah we'll get an expert either or yeah um couple ones to top it all off for time management because there's heaps of things we're just trying to give you your big stuff that's easy to do that makes sense um not to do lists so just there's heaps mm. of stuff everyone does day to day, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it just doesn't matter if you do it or not. Yeah, do you um, need to respond to those sales inquiries? Yeah. Uh, not from customers, but from <laughs> Do you need to dealers? talk to four sales reps a day? Yeah, or can yeah you just right, say, Booking or send me your stuff. Um, or I'm fine, yeah. thank you, see you later. Mm. Um, Have a triage. Yeah, do I need to be doing this job or can my employee do it? Yeah. Um, do we even need to do the service for customers? Like, yep. um, there's tons of things. If you just go down, do we even need to do it? Like, if you were just starting fresh, what would you do and what wouldn't you do? Mm. Like, if you just look at it like that, there's probably half your day at least of things that you just don't need to do. Yep. And when you think about it, oh, I need to do it because of this or because of this, just ask yourself what's the worst thing that can happen. Like, if it's not catastrophic, it's just something small. Don't worry about it. Just stop doing it. That's um, one of the things when I first started doing websites and and graphic design actually you look at business owners and why would i pay you this amount of money to do this this service and this is any service but well, how long is it going to take you to learn how to do a website uh make it look pretty do all the background uh search engine optimization make it so that your customer now finds it appealing how long is it going to take you to do that oh geez i, I wouldn't know where to start exactly so it's worth you paying me x amount of dollars to do that as opposed to you spending the next 40 hours of your life. Total investment. To, Simple. What do I get? Yeah. What do I pay? Yes. Yeah. You know, there's heaps of stuff in business we do. We're like, oh, so-and-so can do it. So-and-so can do it. I don't need that. It's a bit much. Like, yep. if you pay that, what do you get? Is it worth it? Is it not? Do Absolutely. It? Pretty simple. And your time is your most valuable resource. Yep. Um, this rolls into the 80-20 roll, rule. Um, so, just it applies for a lot of things, but generally 20% of the things you do make 80% of the results. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's a life or a time time management or a resource thing. Um, Every hierarchy follows that rule pretty closely. It's spooky. Yep. Um, so just look at what you're doing today. What are the big things that have the big impact? Keep doing those. What are those 80% of things that you're doing every day that make 20% of the impact? You probably don't need that 20%. Mm-hmm. Just look for some more 20% things that uh, give you 80% of the results and you can do half the work. Mm-hmm. You get double the results. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Pretty straightforward concept. Look it up, A20 rule. Um, Pareto principle. Yep, have fun. Mm. Super easy. Um, Moving on to uh, another one that people often struggle with is staffing. Um, And it's it's the same concepts as what we talked about with uh, finding and retaining customers. So you can jump back, skip back to that bit um, and go through, but you're, you're knowing who you're 
who your target market is in the sense of you're, you're knowing who your employees are. Yeah, who's going to like working for you. Yeah, and yep. then making it a desirable place for them to work. It's as simple as that. So if your employees, uh, you're finding that your employees aren't enjoying the office space, then maybe you need to consider working from home if that works for your business. But you've got to adapt your business in order to attract the people that you want. Uh, if your employees want more autonomy, then give them that. Like, you, Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck finding... Within reason. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. But you're going to be stuck finding the employees that you don't want. And then you're going to turn around and be like, oh, I don't... It's yeah. hard to find good so people these days. Let's say you're looking for an admin person, right? So wh- who do you want for an admin role? What what are their core skills? Probably like detail. Mm-hmm. Can use Word. Yep. It's good IT skills, so they type fast. Oh, sweet. Yep. Yep. Reliable. Yep. Um, you know, disciplined. Smile on the phone. Trustworthy. <laughs> so there's some, some things here, right? Um, happy to do repetitive tasks. Yeah. It's mm. going to be yep. high up there. So when you're recruiting, you're probably going to be mentioning some of these things because mm-hmm. then if you're getting a Rowan looking at that job going, oh, gee, I'd love to work for them. That's a great company. Oh, I could do admin. That would be easy. I'm going, on repetitive tasks. <laughs> <laughs> repetitive tasks. Yeah, I can't do that. Like yeah. I'm filtering myself out. And yeah. then you're going to get people that are like, someone said this word the other day and I really like it. It's old, but they just <laughs> froth over it. And... um they're going to be like, oh, I just love doing the same thing again and again and it's again. One I haven't heard in a little while. <laughs> it's frothing. I was so stoked when I heard it. I was like, wow, blast from the past. Stoked as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's like the same thing as finding that customer. It's going, mm. okay, well, for this role, this is the person that's going to suit it. And then how do you judge when that person comes in? Can you do a little personality test? Can you give them a little quiz on those sort of things? Mm -hmm. Um, And just make sure that they actually have that personality for the job. Um, And then, you know, if it needs to be a creative role or a sales role, hey, we need someone that loves talking to people, that wants to get out and about, like self-driven, blah, 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 blah. You know, Mm -hmm. when you apply, give us examples of how you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And... For you, if you're a person like that that loves getting out and about and just getting paid for your results and just going nuts, then we're a great place to work because we do boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Sell your business to them. Yeah. I think, um, Z, you mentioned it before. It's, uh, it's hard to find good people. I mm. mean, you, you as a business owner probably have said it, but you definitely know someone who has said it. And if you expect that, uh, there's a. There's a Pygmalion effect. It comes from ancient Greece. But uh, if you expect great things, great things will happen. Uh, this is a dumbing down of the whole thing. But if you expect failure, you're probably going to find failure. So if you're if you're in a if you're in a marketplace looking for employees, and you have that mindset of yeah, just you're not going to find anyone good. Mm. You're definitely not going to find anyone good. A healthy dose of optimism sprinkled into that conversation. It's amazing what will manifest in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, your mindset will attract, your vibe will attract your tribe kind of deal. It goes across your culture for your whole business. Yeah, 100%. Check out a different podcast about that one. But, mm-hmm. yeah, further from what you just said there, like everyone said, oh, I can't find good people. I tried before. There's no one out there. No one applied. Like just mm-hmm. don't make excuses. Just keep trying or try it in a different way. Yep. Um, Change it. Yeah. Um, so, like, be serious with yourself. Have I had people leave because of reasons and whether it's right or wrong that people don't want to work here anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to fix that? Um, it could be there is no one out there for you. Then probably you don't have a 
strong business model. So maybe pivot and how can you adapt your business to not need these people or, you know, appeal to a wider range. You may find your location's not ideal for starting a business. So you might have to yeah. uproot and yeah. go where the people are. Yeah, change your prop change your business type. Yeah. Do some better planning. Um so I think this is important to be serious and like no one applied last week doesn't mean no one's going to apply this week so I'll look three months ago and I look three months before mm. and there was no one there well keep trying because someone might come if mm. you need someone you need someone so how do we find someone also leads into some scary conversations on that self-reflection thing again is if I can't find good people okay is it me yeah is it is it me as a as a owner of a business am I am I a complete jerk yeah it, don't roll it out. Yeah. So, you know, it's the adapting. So that's good. Um, and probably the only other point I'd like to make would be um, the best people are a lot better than the next best. So, uh, some people, when they're looking, and it's probably, I guess, it's that self fulfilling prophecy. You know, mm. I want an admin person, I want to pay $40,000 for it. So the role's 40000 So you're, you're cutting out a lot of good people. Um, and you can put a range. You can say, hey, it depends. What, what are you after? Mm. Um, because. A lot of the time, if you're great at what you do and you love it, you're worth two, three times more, but your output's two, three times more. So, um, you it's, know. It's not a coincidence that those award wages uh, fall where they are for certain skill sets mm. um, because there's generations of data there saying that this person is going to generate this amount of value for your business. So this is what you should be paying them in this range. Yep. Uh, if they're really, really good, they are going to be worth it. Yeah. Pay the money. See, the top sports people just earn so much more oh. than the, the third or the fourth ranked ones. Um, and again, that's a, that's a Pareto principle as well. So you're going to yeah. have 80% of, uh, 20% of people earning 80% of the money yeah. in sport. It's yeah. criminal. In, in your sales department, it's probably 20% of people pumping out 80%. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> so um, just understanding that even though you think something's, it's all about input, output, make the investment and, you know, maybe you just can't get good people because you, you're not investing enough in it. Um, so just think about that, but that's pretty much it. Treat it like marketing, treat it like clients and look mm -hmm. after them and do well and get out of their oh, way and make it a the, good environment and ask them what's good and bad. And That's the Sir Richard Branson thing. Word of mouth. He, he, he reputes that people say customers are the most important thing in your business. Uh, he, he flips the script and says that your, your staff's your most important thing because they'll look after the customers. So if you yeah, look after your staff, Good example, he has hundreds of businesses and he's not the one doing all the work. Um, mm. He can find good people. So And be aware he's failed more times than most people have tried. So, so <laughs> yeah, let your people succeed. Yep. Yep. And then the last one is talking about compliance with laws and regulations. Ugh. Yeah. But it's important because uh, negligence is not a good enough answer should mm. you be pulled up on it. So... Um, in order to fix this, just check with local governments and agencies. Now, in with experience, you need to be pretty clear about what you're trying to achieve when you contact them. Assume um, they don't know their job when you ask them. Sounds like there's a story there, Z. One for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, yeah, it... it like from experience, honestly, you get stuck in a rabbit hole. Yep. Like, and uh, there are regulations that I was looking at and I was like, well, do I need it? Like, I genuinely have no idea. And if you need that one, you need this one. And you need a certification here and you need to spend $500 over here and you need to do this, you need to talk to this person and you just, you just get stuck in a loop. You talk to that loop. person and they're like, I have no idea, um, but you're you this. And talk it's to like this council and do this one and it's like, 
Poor you need a boat license, 100%. That's what my flowchart says. But we, we drive cars. We don't have a boat. Definitely my flowchart says, like, 100% you need it. So, yeah, just understand. Talk about getting good employees. <laughs> yeah, you just need to understand what you're going in there to achieve, understand what you're trying to do, um, and keep a record because, yeah, you can't turn around and be like, ah, oh, it didn't make sense, I don't understand it. So I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, keep a record and explain next to every or regulation, like license, explain why you did or didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I think we need to start filming these podcasts so people can see the look on Z's face so when she talks about this business. <laughs> yeah. It got me in an absolute yeah. muddle. When she's talking about local things, so we've got local governments, your councils, then you've got your state governments and your mm. federal governments. Um, federal government, yeah. And um, they'll all throw as much as they can at you because that's yeah. what they're told to do and they've got to cover their bum um, yeah. and just, just make sure you use logic when you go through yeah. it. Um, so what's a bit of common sense? They'll say you need everything because that covers their bum. Um, but, yeah, worst-case scenario, just get a get an advisor as you yeah. know, professionals well, for it. But when I filled in the questionnaire, there was 56 laws, regulations, certificates, all those sort of things that I needed to look through. And, yeah, I ended up just, yeah, you have to go through every single one and see if it applies to you, and I think maybe four did. Yeah. So, but... Again, I have an Excel spreadsheet that talks about why you do or don't, or I feel do or don't need that. Um, but yeah, you can't just be like, "Oh, this is too hard. I can't be bothered anymore." Mm, yeah. That that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, and if you do do something wrong, and you've you can show, "Hey, look, we we did this, we did this, we did research, we saw this, and we've checked every year to make sure that we're compliant." Mm. Like you're probably gonna get can't say for certain, but you're probably gonna be treated a bit better than if you yeah. said, "I've never looked, didn't mm. care." Yeah. And. Too uh, hard. That is what it is. Yeah. It's a risk wrong. assessment, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a case of if I don't do this, what's the worst thing that could happen? If I do do this, what's the outcome? Yeah. So if I don't do this, they could not only just shut me down, but they could also hold me for neglect yeah. of a whole heap of financial and obligations. There's no point complaining about all the rules and regulations. The fact is it's not going to change. Um, Same for everyone. So if you want to change it, go into politics, but don't go into business. But, um, mm. you know, like if there's too many rules and regs and you just can't keep up, it's not worth it. Change your business. But mm-hmm. um, we're going yeah, to too much. It. Just, yeah. just mm. ask, keep records, do your best. and um, Go into politics first, then go into business. Oh, hmm. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> so we're just going to summarise um, the five common issues that we've just run through being cash flow, that's the money in, money out, understand your obligations, set a budget um, and revise your payment terms. When it comes to finding and retaining customers, know your product and service and then communicate that with your customer. Figure out who they are and where they are and Go meet them. Uh, when it comes to time management, prioritise and set boundaries. Um, do some self-reflection. Apricots. Apricots. <laughs> Don't forget the apricots. Fill the jar in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> apricots first and then sand. Um, and then staffing, uh, same as finding and retaining customers. You need to make it a desirable place to work and be able to communicate that to the people that you want in your business and then finally, compliance, negligence isn't enough. Go out and seek advice. Every time you mention it, you just tense up I in the eyes. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. It's such a muddle. It's raw. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note, we're going to leave it here. Thanks we'll, for listening. Um, 
link all the additional podcast episodes that we've chatted about throughout this and we will see you next time. Bye. See you, folks.